Radio, and here we go with another episode of We Talk Comics on the air and in your ear. As always, I'm the Crown Prince of Charisma, Bo, with me. He is the Chief Defender of the Faith. He is the King of the Casters. He is known as Mr. Brett Podcast. Podcasting alive! Huh? And also with us is Chris, the man with no nickname. I'm trying to figure out whether I have gas or was a, a Power Rangers joke that Brett just made. No, it wasn't. Uh, wasn't a Power okay. Rangers joke. I, it it just it was the first thing that uh, came out of my mouth. Okay, I would assume you have gas though. Oh, I would assume that it's usually the case. Seems likely. Yeah, it's not gonna I'm not gonna lie here. So today is this episode is episode one eighty nine. We talk comics. This one is known as Storm King Rising. That's because we're talking about Storm King Comics, part of Storm King Entertainment, company by Sandy King Carpenter. The wife of John Carpenter, the legendary filmmaker, and this is uh, they're talking about their their comic book uh, company that they've been going on now for a couple of years, and we've had a chance to sample some of the books, and we're going to talk a little bit about the, those books, and we're also going to talk a little bit about John Carpenter, the filmmaker, as well while we're at it. So, Brett, opening thoughts. Well, the interesting thing was um, is that we had the opportunity, in, in this case, to review Vortex, and it's an eight-issue miniseries with five issues currently out. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, we're not going to review, we're not going to do a write-up of all of all five, especially considering it's not done. But, but I mean, given the enjoyment we all um, have for John Carpenter and his movies, I thought, why not? Why not take some time to talk about Vortex and uh, and just break it down a little bit? All right. Well, Chris, did you have a chance to read any of Vortex? Yes, I I, I read uh, some Vortex. I, I I did, and there's Excellent. a lot of good stuff going on there. <laughs> you did, you did. <laughs> did you read? <laughs> did you read them starting from issue one, or did you just decide to go like three and, and five? <laughs> No, no, no. I, 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 I tend to stick to chronological order. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and I'll admit I only had a chance to read the latest one just because this kind of came up pretty quickly that we're recording this show. Um, but I did, uh, I mean, I, I thought the first thing that, that grabs me is is a certainly a, a quality publication as far as the, the quality of just what they're putting out, um, you know, as far as the look and the art and and uh, the, just the 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 paper they're using uh, it looks very nice and and everything even though we got digital previews you can see kind of the, the quality of it it was just a, a really very nice looking looking product that they're putting out yeah absolutely and when you're talking about the idea of you got you got tim bradstreet doing the covers you got dave kennedy doing the art i mean this is this is definitely nice looking book so Mo, now tell me how since you've only read the last issue, like how did how well did you wind up picking up the story? Uh, uh really well actually. Um I think it's that it's it's uh mar- largely I think the book is minimalistic in its its design. Um and when they need to go into when I found they needed to explain something and go into the dialogue they did, but that but the the majority of the book was it's it's really very much we're talking about a horror science fiction story and those are immediately familiar and uh immediately it's very um 
it's very easy to put yourself in the mood and in the 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 tone uh, of the world i guess is a way to put it or the you know to just to just jump into that and it feels familiar immediately in that way while still fresh but but i think that's a big reason why for me i had i didn't have any difficulty kind of picking it up right away i found that they because they they set such a, a good mood and and uh that's what it's about with that art and with the, just the style of story it is yeah i think like i read from one through five in this case and and i'm really enjoying the story like it, it definitely reminds me more of a i think it feels more like a movie than it does a comic book even though we're reading it in comic book form yeah it, but, it does definitely harken back to that dark store star or dan o'banion type um science fiction yeah i don't um, know about dark star yeah. since that's really a comedy but uh you know i mean they're fighting a giant beach ball but it but, has uh, that claustrophobic feel to it it does have that claustrophobic feel these are a little bit darker there's a little that's a little bit brighter this is like more of a, an event horizon type thing but better um i would say was, well it feels like it has a little bit of like aliens kind of in it uh a little bit of the James Cameron feel, which is not a problem in this case. No, absolutely. But I think the only thing for me, like re- reading the first couple of issues, is is it took me a little bit of time to kind of pick up on all the characters. Like there, there's quite a few characters that get introduced, and then there's some some certain flashbacks that go on. And so I think that that the more that you read, the more that those early issues start to fall into place and you start to actually pick up on who everybody is and like and how they're starting to fit whereas when you're reading those first couple of issues right away it's just like um who is this person again i'm a little i'm a little confused but but i but the story you really like so it, it, that's what's kind of pushes me along and, and that's one of the things about when you're picking up a, a story in issue five you kind of expect that so mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I don't really hold that against it. Um, but that said, uh, you know, I mean, if that's in the first issue, uh, that that would be a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think that sounds like something to overcome, definitely. Um, you know, how, how many characters? You know, I mean, how many characters is for a story like this is ideal? You know, it's difficult to say. Yeah, for sure, and and especially because you've got you've got the miners and and such. And so you don't, like, in some cases, like, yeah, it's just there is a lot of characters, because there's characters on the on the the big, like, the big ship, the space station kind of thing, and then there's your your team that you're dealing with, and then there's the miners, and, and yeah, every, like, a lot of them have their own, like, individual storylines in their past, and... Given that we're through five issues, I do hope that we see some of the some of the pasts working their way into the ending, as opposed to just kind of feeling like they were unresolved plot points by the end. I think I was initially uh, disappointed because um, I'm fam- I-, I was a reader of another uh, Storm King publication called John Carpenter's. Um, Oh, now, now, uh, Asylum. And right. that, one, that, that one was not a slow burn like this. I was immediately grabbed in. Um, and I loved it within the first three pages. This is a little bit more slow going. 
a lot more slow going. Well, and I think that's why this one reminds me more of a movie. It reminds mm-hmm. me of that of that idea of your first your first like two or three issues in this case are are the first act where you're setting up all of your characters, you're introducing their motivations and and you're just kind of bringing all that stuff to the fore. And now that we're in issue five, we're in the second act. So, you know, the action is starting to to really come together. You're seeing where the story is going to go. And so, absolutely, am I, am I hooked now? I'm totally hooked now. You know, it just probably took me three issues to get hooked because, of, because that's the first act. Different, you know, from a movie where, I mean, unless you would generally choose to turn a movie off after half an hour because you're bored, well, you're probably going to keep going and watch it. No, the thing is, I, I don't personally mind a movie or a, uh, a comic book that is a slow burn or any form of medium that is a slow burn and sets up the characters. I really appreciate that. I know it's not for everybody. And so that is maybe some, something that, I mean, as people, you know, you guys read it started from the beginning and I started jumping in a little bit later. But it is something that's you only get that, as they say, first chance to make a first impression or one chance to make a first impression. And yeah, I mean, it, you know, the, you want to people to hook people in the first three to five pages, ideally. And doing that and still finding a way to build it slowly and give the burn is, uh, it's not easy. And um, maybe that's the one thing that this, uh, this series, it sounds like maybe could have used a little bit more of. Yeah. I mean, it is possible. I mean, there's just a, some of the characters it's, it just seems like you, like, like they're they're just harder to pick up on, and who they were in the context of the story. Now the, you know, the covers are going to hook you because Tim Bradstreet's covers are uh, are really beautiful for spectacular, people. spectacular work. Yeah, because I mean, if I definitely if I saw the cover for Vortex number one on the you know, on the shelf, I would be grabbing that one. No, no doubt about it. Uh, no doubt about it. And also, I mean, I'd be you know jumping at it also because i mean it's it is you know that aliens type of uh you know science fiction horror and and as somebody who's not so much into kind of the the superhero genre that's uh most popular in comic books um nowadays uh you know it's looking for something that's an alternative that looks like it's high quality and beautiful and and uh and cinematic in its own way i mean definitely gets my attention well, and one thing that I bring up in this case for us, for sure, is the involvement of John Carpenter when it comes to it. Because I think there's a certain understanding when John Carpenter is in, when his name is involved, that you are expecting probably like a bit of a cinematic treatment to the whole thing and that perhaps this was a movie that he, movie concept that he had that wasn't going to get made. And so it's just like oh let's put it into a comic book and so i think because of that the our issues maybe with the first three uh three comics they're because of that like but we're willing to give it a pass you know until we know that we can get into it because it's just like well this is john carpenter we're going to get the payoff we just maybe have to wait a little bit for it and and the thing is you know that it's going to be uh you know, it's worth reading just to look at it. So, I mean, it's yeah. much easier when you have something that looks so good, you know, on the, both the outside and the inside that looks so good. You're much easier to to uh, be patient with the story and, and allow it to develop. 
Because even an eight-issue miniseries, that is a little bit odd nowadays. I mean, it it's, seems like most of the minis that you have are, I mean, generally they're four, maybe they're, you know, or they're six, maybe they're five, but eight is quite long, I think. And they have they have done, uh, I believe the first, uh, this is science fiction, Tales from Science Fiction, Vortex, and the first one, I think, was just Tales from Science Fiction, I believe was five. A five-issue miniseries, if I remember correctly, um, in my research. And so, I mean, I think that it's, it's this idea that they do have, you know, concept, I mean, John Carpenter and Sandy King Carpenter are very much involved in this, in the creation of this. I mean, John Carpenter hasn't made a film since 2010 and is still creative and he's still out there and he's still creating music and he's still writing and this is the format which we're getting John Carpenter and and even if it's other people and they're bringing in these other really good creators and giving them a chance. Uh, I mean, for instance, there was the uh, I did read the uh, uh, Tales from Halloween or Tales oh, for yeah. Halloween. Yeah, oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Lu- uh, Louise Simonson story. I'm like, where's Louise Simonson being? It's great, you know, to, to that type of thing. And and some people I know and some I don't know, and they're putting them out there. And John Carpenter's writing in there. His, he has a story in there that he's done the script. And it's one of those things where, yeah, he's involved, definitely. But but I think the thing is, it's eight issues because the story needs eight issues. And if it needed mm-hmm. three, they would have done three. And if it needed 12, they would have done 12. It's whatever serves the story. And that's what they're coming at it from. Yeah, for sure. Because I see that uh, the Tales of Science Fiction Vault is three issues. Now, I didn't get a chance to read that one, but but okay. I mean three only. Based, but here's the thing: based on what I've read from from Vortex, would I want to go back and read Vault? Yes, absolutely, I would. And I did read the first issue of that, and it, it is that that one. Uh, I it did a good job for me of jumping me right in there, and it was you know. Um, I thought it was definitely it's it's along the same lines. It's the same feel. It's that same horror science fiction genre blend uh, that you know John Carpenter did so well in a movie like The Thing. Now, Chris, did you have a similar feeling about about the first three issues as I did, or or was it like no problem for you to pick it up? Um, yeah, no, I I had some problems, but that is just because. On a whole, I am not a fan of the claustrophobic feel. Um, I I don't particularly love movies like that when they're when they're great movies like Alien. Um, I can really suck it up, but I have a low tolerance to get into this. So I have to say, by issue three, I was I. Th- I, I was forcing myself to read it rather than um, uh, paying any attention to the story whatsoever. Not, I, it's just not my cup of tea. I... Right. See, it's, I find it interesting because, I mean, to me, like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that whole claustrophobic, uh, I guess, alien horror sci-fi kind of, kind of feel, and and so yeah, I'm a huge fan, huge fan of that. Way. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's it's almost surprising, and especially knowing your taste, Chris, it seems almost surprising that that you don't like that kind of movie even, and that's and that has transferred over to your feeling about this comic book. Mm-hmm. No, and as I said, I was excited because I mean I uh, before I read Vortex, um, I read uh, <clears throat> Tales for a Halloween Night, um, the uh, John Carpenter's Asylum. 
and I absolutely adore those books. Um, so I was I was primed for this book, and unfortunately, just my own issues got in the way. No, that that is that's interesting. Well, it is one of those things where not everything's going to work for everybody. It doesn't mean something isn't necessarily a quality piece of work. It just means that sometimes, you know, it's not suited for everybody. And, oh, I, I did yeah. appreciate a lot of the art, but um, if 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 it's not doing it for you, no amount of art, I think, can save it. So, No, that's true. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, and, it's, and at that point, it doesn't become about, about the quality of the book. It just becomes about the way you feel, period. I mean, like, it, it's like, it's like, I don't, like, Mo and I wouldn't deny that there are quality superhero books out there. We just don't have an interest in reading a lot of the superhero works. Nope. So, so that doesn't speak to us right now in that regard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That doesn't mean, I'm not saying that somebody, I'm not saying, you know, there's something wrong with somebody who enjoys those at all. It's just that, that, uh, for me, it's just, it's, um, it doesn't hold my interest at this point, at this point in my life. And, and, yeah, and so that, that, yeah, I mean, if that's the case, then you're going to read it. Like, for instance, I, uh, this week, uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man number 300 came out, and I, I picked up that issue. And I'm sure there's people, I, I haven't seen the reviews or anything like that, but I'm sure there's people that very much enjoyed it. And for me, I, I picked it up, and, went and put, when I put it down, I said, that was a comic book. Like, that was all I could say about it. If you want a full review of my, my, my experience with Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man number 300, it was a comic book. And... Again, it, it, I'm sure there's people that think it's fantastic, and and there is good qualities. But yeah, you're always, you are always, um, you know, I mean, you're always, you you generally try and pick up the books that you think you're going to like ahead of time, and that's the whole point. When you're, you know, in a situation like us with the podcasting or reviewing, it, it's a little different because, uh, you know, sometimes you're getting out of your comfort zone, which means that they may not work for you. But at the same time, the I appreciate the fact that we've had the opportunity to step out of our comfort zone. And, and in this case, for me, you know, finding Storm King Productions and getting a chance to read, like, Tales of Science Fiction, like, it has opened up something that maybe we would struggle to find at our local comic store. And maybe we wouldn't see because, again, being a smaller publisher. So I'm happy that we have the opportunity to look in on the smaller publishers. Yeah, that's something that uh, I'm very proud that we always do is definitely uh, look at, do try and look at different genres and the smaller publishers, uh, often more than we look at actually the big two, which is probably, you know, there's enough out there on those. So it's some, not usually what we're, we're too, uh, too invested in covering our, ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm interested, too, because, because we know that there's other John Carpenter property comics out there. I mean, like, I know there's The Big Trouble in Little China. And stuff like that. So, have either of you read any of those? Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it's John Carpenter. It's Big Trouble in Little China. It's Escape from New York. It's the thing. It's, it's you know, it's properties I love. <laughs> so, yeah, when they're in, in comic books, it's funny how when it's a property like from a movie like I love, I'm, I'm very interested in, in reading the comic book. When it's a uh, comic book that becomes a movie... I virtually have no interest, probably because I think that I think that comic books are a superior art form to movies. So just stick with that for me. 
Um, was there a thing comic book? I might have to actually look that oh, up. There's, I, there's uh, lots. Dark Horse first started publishing them, I, I believe, in the 80s, and there were some really good ones. Uh, one that takes place, uh, there's an omnibus that I believe that Dark Horse put out that I have. And, and yeah, I mean, it, you know, different different takes in, of the story, but including the, you know, one that's a direct sequel of the first movie that takes place, like, literally seconds after uh, after that movie ends of the uh, the John Carpenter the thing. Mm. that's interesting yeah even i i don't i don't know that one specifically so but i mean how do you not love the thing <laughs> well i guess chris might not love the thing but it's too claustrophobic for him no you <laughs> yeah, yeah. a good movie when you see no, a good movie. I, 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 yeah no i i recognize the quality but i have to say i have to gear myself out to even watch the thing wow i i have to go i know this is good and like and because it is so good, it le- and I, I bring those personal issues to it, it leaves me weeping on the floor afterward. It has that extra punch because I have to sort of earn my way into it. Um, but it's not something I volunteer for readily. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because the, the thing is just one of those great, great movies as far as as far as like science fiction and horror combined and you know so anytime i if i like that's almost like the benchmark and so if i i think that if vortex can can even be three quarters of that you know from a comic book to movie perspective then i'm gonna be completely ecstatic right so then tell me Mo, what is your favorite John Carpenter? Film? I don't have a favorite John Carpenter film. I, I mean, and that's unusual for me. I'm a guy who loves to say this is my favorite, this is my second favorite, and make lists, and I can't with him because the thing is so damn good, and Halloween is so um, influential, and uh, you know the the Escape from New York is so cool, you know, um, you know Starman is so touching. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China is so inventive and funny. Uh, Assault on Precinct 13 is so raw and gritty. Like, they're all something that I that I see from them that it's like, I love them. I, I love Christine, you know. Um, they Live is so submersive and, and just also just so damn cool. And, like, I just, this is the one guy I can't, I can't pick a favorite. I think oh. if I was to say the best made film, probably overall probably is the thing. Uh, top to bottom, Starman pretty close, and then probably Halloween. But I don't know if I'd say that's my favorite. Because, I mean, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, I've watched it a million times, but I've also watched The Thing a million times. You know, uh, they're just, they're great. Now, let me simplify the question a little bit, because I had trouble answering this as well. What John Carpenter film do you watch the most? In history, the one I've seen the most is Big Trouble in Little China. But the one that I go back to the most now is The Thing. Uh, or or Halloween. I mean, Halloween, because it's, you know, Halloween on Halloween night, uh, going to go back and, and you know, um, yeah, I mean, go back and I'll, I'll go back and watch it, you know, for the holiday occasionally. Um, but, I mean, the last movie I watched was Starman, and before that it was Christine. And... And, uh, you know, I mean, like I, 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 I'm, you know, and I watched a documentary uh, just a month ago on, on John Carpenter and, 
um, you know, that had like interviews with different filmmakers and stuff talking about him. And like, hey, I even love vampires because James was just so damn good in it. You know, uh, that's true. You know, yeah, the, the movie's not that good, but he's so damn good in it. And then the music is so cool. And yeah, I mean, even Escape from L.A. I, I like, or a movie like uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man that that a lot of people don't like, and because it starts as a comedy and kind of ends as a mystery. And but but I think the special effects are really well done, and I, I think there's a lot to like about a film like that. To, you know, I mean, Chevy Chase turns a lot of people off, but I, I think it's I think there's some really interesting stuff in that movie. Like I'm just such a huge fan um, of him. I, you, just, uh, no, I, I mean, that, that's why I'm asking this question the way I am, because I was trying to pick my favorite, so I thought, you know, I'll go back and see what what I I have watched. The last three movies I've watched, or, uh, or last two movies I watched of his, and I've seen them both multiple times since then, because they've left something in me, or someone was watching me, and Ghosts of Mars, Mars by no means his best films. Um, but they're ones I, I go back to on a regular basis for some reason. Someone who's watching me? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of his early movies. Or TV movies. I think, you, I think you're wrong. I think you're talking about The Eyes of Laura Mars. Nope. Uh, give, me, give me a second. I can look it up. <laughs> Ghosts of Mars is actually probably the only one that I... While the music is cool and I like the design of the of the, you know people on mars that's probably the one that i just can't like i can't i can't as much as i want to say it's good because it's john carpenter it's, it's the one where i go i just I can't say it um but yeah are you talking about someone's watching somebody's me, watching me sorry someone's watching me from 1978 the tv yes. tv movie okay there we go now we've now we've got that sorted out by the way what did i say i don't know I thought I, really I said somebody, totally. somebody's watching me, but oh, someone's yeah, watching somebody's... me. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, you know what? I also love. I must say the uh, the Elvis movie that he did. The body. If we're talking his uh, his TV movies, I oh, love right. Elvis. Yeah, Elvis and, from yeah, him and uh, Kurt Russell. Elvis. That's a great movie too. I think they just did a great job. I have never seen that. It's on my no? my defined list, but oh, it's so good. Hmm. You know, it's it's one of those things where John Carpenter is like, it's weird because because I like he's like they're not. I mean, he is the epitome of a cult director. You know, his films are they feel like a cult movie before they even become a cult movie. You know, uh, they they sometimes are a little over the top or cheesy or 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 you know, I mean, a character like Snake Plissken is there's nothing. You know, like like it's a parody in a lot of ways, but it's just so cool. Like like he gets away with things that other guys that you would roll your eyes at uh, from other directors. Oh, well, no doubt about it. Could you I imagine mean, Ghosts uh, Ghosts of Mars if it was made with its original star who dropped out at the last minute, Courtney Love? That would have been magnificent. It would have been a train wreck. But yeah, Natasha <laughs> Henstridge that ended up starring in that one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's well, not a bad movie, yeah. but that extra edge would have made it something, something else. But still, like Big Trouble in Little China, is not regarded as anything if it's not a John Carpenter movie. Yeah, like it's the because people would look at that and be like, "Wow, this movie is silly. It's over the top. It's stupid." 
I don't get it. But because John Carpenter's involved in it, people like people look at it and they're and they're like, "Wow, it's crazy, it's weird." But it's John Carpenter. I get it. And it, yeah, like he does. Like I say, he gets away with these things. You know, they live is another one that's like like that. That's you know what is it like twelve minute fight scene. Uh, you know, in the middle yeah. of it with Roddy Piper and uh, his name is escaping me. Um, Keith David. Keith David, thank you. Like that, nobody else would get away with that. You can't just have a fight that lasts forever where the guys just hit each other like this and throw in a bunch of rustling moves. Like nobody else could get away with this. You know, it would slows down the narrative completely, but it's so cool. So now we know that Big Trouble in Little China and, and um, Escape from New York and the thing have comic book series. So what other movies that John Carpenter has done, do you think would fit? Well, Halloween obviously has Halloween obviously has comic books as well. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's that it feels different given that Halloween has grown in, has got such a life outside of. Yeah. Starman would have had a, a Starman had a four issue miniseries adaptation from Marvel. And, and I think what 84 when it came out, um, I don't count those though, yeah. because adaptations are just adaptations. I, th- I, I think, think Prince or... of Dark Darkness needs to be explored because there was certain certainly some things John Carpenter couldn't get on the screen that would be easily done in a comic book and would make the story more complete. Well, and I think the easy answer, actually, honestly, is vampires. Like, Vampires leads itself out to being a regular series that you could go on with, especially with what's come on, uh, you know, how popular Vampires and, and the Supernatural comic books have become in the last, uh, you know, 25 years or whatever. It's actually called Asyl- Asylum by a Storm King. It, that, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's Vampires. Oh, it is Vampires. It's the same character? Yeah. Um, I don't know if the names are the same, but it, he's a defrocked priest. Killing demons and other such ne'er do wells. Well, close enough then. Yeah. So there you go. Proof positive. So a thematic sequel. Yeah. It's right. a thematic sequel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, a movie like certain movies, Starman, you could do. Um, though it would be a little difficult with how it left with the, the you know, him leaving and not being able to come back. But yeah, the sun, the sun was going to be a, a half alien, half with Karen Black and, and um, uh, Jeff Bridges' son in the, in the, that character, so you could continue the story like that. Uh, yeah, um, they live. You could certainly do more with in a comic book series. I think that would be, you know, uh, certainly doable. Uh, the fog, maybe. Uh, Christine, no. Um, you know, uh, Memoirs of a Invisible Man, yeah, but only I would want to watch it. Uh, you know, <laughs> Ghost of Mars, you could do more with. Um, or yeah, watch it or read it. Yeah, Ghost of Mars. I think you could do more with, but but yeah, I mean, the, the right answer was uh, vampires, and so Asylum. Now, now that I know that, I'm, that's the next book I'm going to go purchase and, and read. And there's a lot of them. Like that's something else that I kind of that I'm pretty impressed with. I mean, they they obviously they have a limited you know Storm King in this case. They're releasing limited number of books, but but Asylum has. I mean, what is it, 14, 14 issues out already. And when you consider that we've got five of Vortex and you've got three of the Vault, plus you've got the Halloween thing. So, I mean, there's no doubt that, they're, that they've got the right idea, I think, as far as 
releasing. You know, it's it's a limited number. I think they're going with quality. I mean, they've got Leonardo Manco and stuff like that. Great quality people working on these books. And I think if you can maintain the publishing schedule, then it's it bodes really well for you as a publisher. Agreed. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a blank space. I had to fill it with something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't. You didn't really leave us with anything there, Brett. <laughs> that that we could add to that. So, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Ah. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we come close to wrapping this sucker up? So, Mo, if this were a out of ten as far as uh, Vortex goes, what would you give it? Um, yeah, I would give it an eight with uh, with a a swing towards higher. I believe if I read the entire series. How about you, Chris? Uh, I'm gonna give give it six and a half. Not my cup of tea, but I recognize the work done. And after reading the five issues and given how excited I am to see the rest, I would give it an 8.5. So, I mean, I, I definitely think that it, it fits along that, that, you know, higher, higher echelon. Now, I do hope that it kind of wraps up in, in a really strong fashion, uh, and I feel like it's trending towards that, but it's, it's got some creepy stuff. I, I actually almost wish that we could see it as a movie. And the John Carpenter's Tale for Halloween uh, Night uh, volume three that that, that we uh, had a preview of and that I read, oh. I would give I'd give that a nine at least. Oh, so ten, ten man, there, there's so much good stuff in that. It's it's great, yeah. Like uh, I I do feel like there's uh, quality stuff and and the fact that they're not releasing a lot is probably a positive, not a negative. Um, but it's just a matter of of uh, getting this into people's hands and and trying it. Uh, yeah, it's it's I appreciate what they're doing. Um, they're giving me something for. For a reader like me in this day and age, for sure. Oh, and oh, for sure. And Mo, if you need any more motivation to read Asylum, it's written by Bruce Jones, which I know is well, a favorite of yours. Yeah, Bruce Jones, definitely, definitely. So there, there you go. There's another quality writer that they've got. All right. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we wrap this episode up and uh, and bring it home? All right. Well, that's it. Uh, where we talk comics, we are now doing written reviews. Uh, you know, if you have an opinion on something we've said here on the show, if you have an opinion on one of our our reviews, uh, blogs that we're going to try and do in the future, um, we're trying to grow the site, trying to get more opinions out there. We want your opinions. You want to write something for us. You want to tell us something. Let us know. We will take it. And uh, you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, and, of course, at the website We Talk Podcast is where We Talk Comics is home, along with uh, Fresh Take Network. And uh, we talk music and uh, a bunch of other stuff, hopefully coming up soon. And if you want to check out something a little bit different, we have an interview we did several years ago uh, on the floor of the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo with the ex-wife of John Carpenter, Adrian Barbeau. Uh, A really good interview. She was very, very nice to us, and and we appreciate that. So definitely check that out. We'll uh, we'll throw a link for that into the show write-up. And... Because Brett's too lazy to just edit it on to the end of the show. <laughs> she was very sweet. And besides, we're we're driving we're driving traffic. We're driving traffic. Um, yeah. I, and and remember I, I, what's that? I, I bring up I bring up how much I appreciated what she did for me in in uh in Swamp Thing. Those of you who've seen the international cut know what I'm talking about. And you mentioned it in the interview, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, hate to add anything more, but we did me and Keith did do an interview with Chris Chris Seba. Uh, Sebia 
uh, Cibola. Cibola? Um, uh, specifically about his John, John Car- Carpenter books, too. Oh, there you go. What episode was that? What's it called? <laughs> I have to look that up. It's Welcome Back to We Talk Comics, episode 138, with Christopher Sabella. Excellent. Well, put, throw the link in there for that one, too. And you got lots of John Carpenter love from us. I need a drink. All right. <laughs> Good night, folks. Enjoy the day. <laughs>